Behold, trapped in a hellscape of their own invention, socially unaware old white men bound by the pretense of being fake lawyers yet knowing no law, no exquisite Latin terminology, they are inexplicably compelled to quibble over minutia, squabble over triflings and bicker like those who value their backyards far too highly without even knowing the difference between an easement and an alleyway. At this very moment, you have entered the heart of the law offices of quibble, squabble, and bicker. Let's get started. Welcome Talk. to another edition of the Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker on this September 8th, 2021. The school year has started, Labor Day has ended, and uh, you get another episode of our show with uh, Greg, Brendan, and myself. I am Matt, and we will be um, doing uh, our podcast because our guest has not arrived today. Apparently, there was a mix-up. So um, we're going to go right into our client for today, and our well, we're not right into it, but I'll tell you what the client is. We do have a, a sponsor. So the client for today is Tradition is Poison, and uh, we'll we'll talk into that very soon. But who who has a sponsor today? Greg, you it's have a sponsor. Strong. Right? It's a little strong, isn't it? Tradition is Poison. Well, we'll get into that after these words from our fake these sponsor. Words- Are you tired of your favorite oldies being canceled because of their grossly inappropriate lyrics? Wouldn't it be nice to have a collection of these songs before they're pulled from the internet forever? K-10 Records proudly presents Cancel Me, Cancel You. Featuring such classics as Instant Pussy, Baby It's Cold Outside of My Pants, Statutory Ape, Unchained Felony, Rabbi Jethro and the No Bacon Boys, Kosher Corn Pone, The Funny Uncles, It's Raining Nieces, the domestic squabbles, I'll see you in the ICU. The smashing bumpkins, thank heaven for little squirrels. The Occidentals, Ramalama Ching Chong. The lady singers with Club Me Caveman. Fresh little panties, old enough to bleed. And Michael Jackson, where the boys are. Act now. And what is the name of this collection again? Cancel Me, Cancel You. Cancel me, cancel you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gripping. I'm going to go out and buy it right now. I available think I at, at Walmart uh, and online. At Amazon. Well, no, it's only available on TV. It's only a TV offer. Not available in stores. It's available oh, from I- Amazon, picked up from Greg's Front Stoop, where everybody else gets free presents from. Because <laughs> everything he orders gets stolen from his, well, that's from a- his stoop. My last package was on my stoop, and it was there, unmolested, unstolen. Well, that's good to hear. I know. That's very nice. So, But just to warn everybody, the the guest could show up. The publicist is in the middle of trying to track him down. Um, She's at an event right now, so she's she's doing something important. We think he might be in the emergency room. We're not really sure. We're worried. uh, stay, Stay tuned. He's traveling at the speed of light. So um, hopefully he can get all of his superhuman activities done and join us um, later. So anyway, right now we're going to talk about how tradition is poison. Now, Greg, you disagree with that statement. So why is tradition strong? Some traditions are fine. Okay, good traditions like not murdering people. Thou shall not kill. Well, is that a tradition or that's just like a standard activity that you don't do? I think it's wired into humans. It's become a tradition. Most people think it's bad to kill people and steal from them. And well, maybe we should go into like a definition of what tradition is. (laughs) So, 
Tradition is the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation or the fact of being passed on in this way. Um, also, there's another definition for theology, which is a doctrine believed to have divine authority, though not in these scriptures. So we have a, a religious connotation of tradition, and then we have a general connotation of traditions, which is the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation. So you're saying is that not killing somebody is a belief. Or a custom. I think that yeah. I think that it's strong, but I have a different I, I differ from uh, uh, our co-counsel my co-counsel Greg in that uh, you know I believe that that traditions have a role and that culture has a role and those sorts of things provide a certain amount of uh, cohesiveness within smaller subunits of people. I think thou shalt not kill isn't a tradition so much as like a you know general rule. Um, but other traditions like like let's say I don't know Thanksgiving, let's say that's a tradition. You know, you in America you get together and you overeat on you know in a, on whatever Thursday it is in and you argue November and you argue with your family and. But somehow, even that part of it, even the negative aspect is kind of like, you know, cute and kind of entertaining and you laugh about it later. You know, there's a certain amount of tradition that I think gives life some sort of purpose in an otherwise uh, meaningless void that we live in. <laughs> so why would tradition be poison then? It can be well, There's bad traditions. Like what, Greg? Slavery. The institution of slavery for hundreds of years. Is that a tradition? It was in the South. They went to Is that warfare. a tradition or is that a business? Well, it became their tradition. They thought of, they, it was beyond a business. Most of those guys who fought in the Civil War for the South didn't even couldn't even afford a slave. They were poor guys who never would buy a slave in their life. They couldn't afford one. But they loved the tradition. What do they always call it? Our peculiar tradition? Isn't that what they called it? So it wasn't necessarily a business for the owners of the slaves. The, so the slaves were more like toasters. It was just something you owned. It was like passed on from generation to generation. Is that what you're suggesting, Greg, that slaves were toasters? Exactly. Yes. That's exactly okay. what I mean. They, they were toasters. And they yeah. had different settings. Like some slaves were darker than Don't others. Do it. Depending Don't on do that. it, Brandon. <laughs> you started it with toaster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I wasn't going into settings. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. That's just it just meant to be an object that's sold. It's no, what no, came it to mind. definitely I, was a business. It's a very wealth. Um, I could have said a cotton gin. It was a, it was a yeah. business, but it became a tradition in the South. And even these poor guys who never could own a slave were willing to fight for their tradition. Like, how dare you tell us we can't have slaves in our country in the South? Right. Like, like. Like racism, theoretically, can be, I think you could consider it in certain parts of the country a tradition. Like uh, I had a, had a, you know, a, a relatively good friend of mine who was a, a minister in Arkansas, and um, he was raised very racist, and it was a part of his culture, and it was a part of what him and his dad talked about and his uncles, and when they watched TV, they made comments about you know, the various people of various ethnics on the TV. And he said it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a thing that bound them together. They laughed about it. It was a, it was a common thing they held. And it wasn't until he got to college that he realized how utterly fucked up that was. 
Um, and it took him a while to kind of like, I don't know, sort of reject the tradition to the point where, you know, he wasn't sitting there watching TV and hearing his dad and his uncles in his head. Um, but that's that's kind of a tradition that's poison. Yeah, definitely. And so that it becomes not just the tradition, though, it becomes something ingrained in your your skull is what it sounds like. Well, is that yeah. what tradition is? Tradition it's, is ingrained in you. You know, isn't that kind of part of tradition? What traditions like, do you have that are ingrained in you, Greg? Well, I don't do it much anymore because I don't have a family, uh, but I go home to see my family. But like, I'm an atheist, but I still love Christmas in theory. I love the idea that everyone is fake nice to each other for a week and people, whatever, give each other presents. It's like everyone's trying to be nice for a week. I like it because I think Jesus is not the reason for the season. He's the least reason for the season. I just like Christmas as a secular holiday. I think it's a fun holiday, but I don't like the music. Why is Jesus the least reason for the season? Because I could give two shits about that part of Christmas. Like, oh, we, today we remember this little baby who was born, who's this mythological creature. I don't care. I like what Christmas has become, where everyone's kind of nice to each other for a week. And uh, people can relax. And so you're saying Jesus, Jesus wasn't a baby? He was a baby. But he's a <laughs> myth he became a mythological creature, like a griffin. <laughs> Okay. Or a, uh, I mean that, or a turkey. That, He's like a kraken. Or a turducken. But <laughs> but I mean there's there's certainly arguments that one could make that Jesus never really existed, but that's not that's not this client. I don't Maybe believe that's a, myself. I, I think he was a man. I think the Romans have enough accounts of him, you know, the Roman accounts. There was this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, I think. But who no, knows? You're right. No, you, well, well, that's a whole nother client, but but yeah. be that as it may, there. The, the interesting question that you pose is, so there's the tradition of Christmas, which is Jesus and, you know, he was born and all that kind of stuff, which is a tradition. And then there's the tradition of like what you were saying, which is the secular aspect of it, which is, you know, getting together and giving gifts and, and being nice, or as yeah. you said, pretending to be nice. But then, then there's a whole nother subset, which is the tradition that preceded jesus being somehow magically born in december which he technically wasn't he was no. born in the summer but in order to co-opt the traditions of people that the christians were trying to indoctrinate they turned the winter solstice celebration into uh jesus's birth yeah, it wasn't like the germanic barbarians right the yule the german barbarians I, had their own little holiday it's not yule, it's y'all Y'all, y'all, no, that's <laughs> down here. That was the yeah, southern the Mediterranean. <laughs> it's the y'all log. Y'all go get a log, put it on the fire. Did you guys have that where you lived? The Yule log on TV every Christmas Eve, where your no, TV station would raised... just show a log burning for four four hours. In local TV they have station. that on Netflix, where you can actually watch a fire oh. burning. Um, for like the Christmas period, it's if actually it's kind of handy. That handy to have. We had that playing last year here at yeah, the house. Nice. We, we had the burning log with with no muss. Because the one drawback to our house is we don't have a fireplace, and so because we got into our house pretty quick, otherwise we would have been much more picky about. It. At least my wife would have been. I'm incredibly fine not having a fireplace ever, because that means never having to make a fire. Which oh yeah, I'm 
have no desire to do. And then clean out the flu and all the shit you got to do. Yeah, no one ever cleans um, up flus, though. I did. I, I suck. I, I, I have a fireplace, and I'm in Florida, and I love that damn thing. I can't wait. Until the three days of the year, it gets cold enough that I can make a fire in that bag. <laughs> I did like making fires a lot in the fireplace. I was a little pyro. I didn't never burn down anything, but I love making fires and just crackling uh, up. There's so have... much more than they're cracked up to. I mean, they're they're less than they're cracked up to be because they never really get the place that warm for very long. And you're always stoking the damn thing to keep it going. So you have to get no. a lot more wood to keep it going. Not if you make it right. If you make a good fire, it'll just keep it'll going still burn out. It'll yeah, still burn but, out. Yeah, but, but I think I think both of you are missing the point. The thing about at least here, because I, I wasn't worried about I was going to die from cold, and that's why I lit the fire. The fire was the ambient sound and watching the the flames yeah. and sitting in front of it with my. Two boys poking it. I love that. They those my boys love poking the fire with the poker and poking yeah. the log and moving stuff around. That's really the experience of having a fire. I don't know what that has to, with, to do with tradition. Well, you created a tradition with your kids by doing that. But we had a fireplace in our last house, so they were younger when we were at that. We're at that house, so they had plenty of time to poke that fire. At our new house, no fireplace. Best of both worlds, in my opinion. So, like That's that, fun. yeah, because basically all the kids now are old and moving out anyway. So, I don't need to create no more traditions. But I do have a particular tradition I do with my kids that I've done since they've been very young, which is on their birthdays, I take them out individually for dinner and a movie, just them and me. So, it's like this solo time that I create with kids. And now, even as adults, I still do that. Although, now with a couple of the older ones, I've changed it to. They don't get the movie now because they yeah, go their own damn movies. We take that money towards a nicer restaurant, and then I go and teach them how to drink beer and booze and stuff. And do karaoke. Right. That's, that's right. That's a nice tradition. I yeah, like it's like a new, a new, a new aspect to the tradition that is started. Yeah. Right. But traditions can be poison. I think it's because it gets people in negative mindsets to certain cases. Like you've got this whole issue regarding Christmas, Greg in terms of where it comes from right now according to my ex-wife the tradition of tinsel on the tree comes from when the druids used to disembowel their enemies and they would place the uh, intestines? intestines intestines upon the tree and wow. that's where that particular tradition comes we from we should bring that tradition back <laughs> you know i've been trying to get my ex to come on the uh, the show one of these days she just has other things to do, which are probably much more important than yeah. listen to us yammer at each other. What if but, we do a new tradition where every year we uh, disembowel like people who don't believe in Christ, the, the infidels, and we <laughs> strew their guts on a tree? That would be nice to bring back. But Greg, that would be you. You're well, right. not it to mention, right. I don't think that was ever a tradition because the Druids weren't disemboweling people for Jesus, they were disemboweling people for the yeah, wood spirits or whatever the fuck they were doing. Yeah, well, that, that was, was their tradition. tradition. So that's how allegedly. I'm just wondering where the crossover began, where, where somebody said at one point, all right, you know, I'm tired of sticking intestines on the tree. Let's put on some yeah. colored paper. It starts to smell after a few days. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know? It's really a bad, it's a bad option. You know, any yeah. sort of meat product on a tree over time. 
and, and like how much do they clean it before they stick it on the tree? Well, maybe, you know, I'm assuming back then the trees were outside and not in their caves or wherever the druids lived in the woods. So know. with the Christmas ornaments, like the testicles, I think these sacrifices what, or the, the heads ornaments? could be the heads of the enemies. Maybe that's where ornaments come be, from. I think she needs to be fact-checked. I, I, I find that really hard to swallow. Greg's wife needs to be fact-checked? No, your ex-wife needs to be fact-checked. <laughs> Gabrielle needs to be fact-checked because I don't believe that that's what tinsel comes from. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it makes sense to me in my gut. Well, yeah, the funny thing is, it was her sending me that card way back in the day, which made me go, I think I should marry this woman. This is before we were married that I, she told me this oh, story. I mean, I was like, I was like, that's, 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 that's a, the sense of humor or the sense of uh, a sensibility that I can relate to. And so, then on your first date, oh, did get you it. take you to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you fell in love? <laughs> no, like, oh, I love we actually Jesus. did our own massacre. She's crime. a psycho. <laughs> so maybe that should have been the tip off, right? <laughs> yeah. See? I don't know. Well, anyway, at the time, she was um, she was in a different part of the country, so and nobody ever sent me cards, so I just you know latched onto it like any good stalker would as a uh, a way to get married to somebody. Anyway, speaking of marriage, there's a tradition which you yeah. wonder like why it still exists, why marriage is still in operation. I think we touched on this in an earlier episode Tax at one breaks. point, didn't we? Tax breaks. Well, I guess, but you know, there was a point in time where, obviously, which wasn't a good point in time, that uh, your significant other was your chattel, and like they were your property, yeah. and so that was the contract that you had in place. Is like I get to own this person. Oh, and uh, you'd be well paid for it with a dowry of four pigs. Right, but they're still your property, right? Yes. So, but then occasion that eventually they started realizing that these people can communicate and have their own thoughts and talk. So maybe we shouldn't treat them like property anymore. And yet the marriage tradition has continued to where they're not property, but now we're each other's property because that's where the whole, you know, he's my man, uh -huh. she's my woman thing kind of comes from. Yeah. You know, so is well, that I mean something that has poisoned societies across the world having that concept in place i think the tradition of lack of being able to get a divorce without being ostracized that was a horrible tradition and i think so many people are happier that it's like okay if this isn't working out we can get a divorce but for hundreds of years it's like you you might have made a mistake married someone who's horrible and you live this life of misery you just couldn't get divorced or you'd be an outcast let so me I'm ask you a question, Greg. Yeah. Did your did your parents get divorced? No. One of the few people okay. I know whose parents were never divorced. Right. My parents were divorced. It was a horrible thing. Now my father was abusive and all that. So That's but I mean. all I'm saying is that I think you're glorifying the what what's really weird as the tradition isn't whether or not people could get divorced or whether it's traditionally people were shunned that they did, because those are all religious things. The whole idea of, you know, you really start to go down a weird path, right? Like, what is marriage? Marriage is you, you're you going to be connected and stay with this person and they're your, they're your mate. They're your, no, 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 I'm, I'm not getting into all that. 
whether it's another guy or it's a girl or whatever, you're faithful to one another. And that's a tradition. And there's a certain aspect to that tradition, which is probably a, a, a good survival tactic, like as opposed to being just, you know, running around and screwing anything and no one cares about any of that sort of stuff. But at the same time, is it really? Is, is, it, monogamy, is it necessary? Is, is monogamy a tradition or is it a survival strategy or what the hell is it? Is it religious? I've heard there's many books that say like ancient, you know, cavemen, whatever. They just like, they didn't have that concept. And then we just developed it maybe because it was more stable for society. So you could raise children right, but, in a better environment. So right, that's what I'm saying. So it became a tradition, but maybe at a certain point it wasn't just religious. It was just like, you know what? That cave guy who keeps running around screwing all the girls, he's kind of an asshole. And let's like everybody, yeah. you know, pick somebody and that's it. And then you raise your kids. And it provided a certain stability within the community. So I think sometimes, I guess what I'm winding here to is sometimes I think traditions are based on things that we, we learned early on were good for us to do or not do because it was better for us as a culture. Like, I think so. Like, like, right. I, like I think a lot of the dietary stuff in the Bible is ridiculous now, but back then it was probably important. Yeah. Don't eat pork because you'll get trichinosis because you don't have refrigeration. But now we have refrigeration. Right. So. That's right. And don't eat crustaceans or ostriches. Ostriches. That was one of the yeah. Is ostriches. Uh, in ostriches is in there too. People forget about that one. They even knew what ostriches were in the in the Holy Land. I think Matt, Matt is Matt is right now totally full of shit. <laughs> ostriches were not included. And dodos. Don't eat dodo birds. <laughs> I'm pretty certain about it. I'm not 100% certain about it, but I think I remember when I was reading the Bible that I was taken aback by some of the things you weren't allowed to eat. I'm pretty sure ostrich, maybe even, no, I wasn't camel. I think camel was okay to eat. But I think beavers. ostrich, you weren't allowed to eat it for whatever reason. So I'm going to just do a, a quick search in Google. What can't you eat in um, the Bible? What about Labradoodles? Does that they didn't exist back then. I but, think but, they would have said, yes, no, no Labradoodles. Well, I just think the Middle East didn't even know what ostriches were. Isn't that like African? Did they know about yeah. African animals? They I mean, maybe. Guess. So maybe you, couldn't, they, but, you, you know. couldn't eat animals that chewed the cud or that um, had cloven hoofs like pigs and horses. You couldn't eat Wait. fish without fins and scales. What fish what doesn't cows? have fins or scales? Like an eel? An eel? Don't cows have hooves and chew cud? Right. They could eat cows, though, chews. Brisket. Nice well, brisket. this is according to, uh, what's this, from Britannica.com. Oh. So let's just see if I can get a better thing to look at. So this is spelled, I mean, I know uh, you can't eat a horse. And you can't eat horses, blood of any animal, shellfish, clams, oysters, shrimps, and all other living yeah. things that creep. And those foul enumerated in the Bible, like vultures, hawks, owls, and herons. Oh, how did owls get involved in all that? Owls are kind of noble creatures, in my opinion. So you well, maybe, maybe that's why you shouldn't eat an owl, because it's a noble yeah. creature. 
Okay, well, I could, but you said that that was because they were creepy or something. I thought. Well, no. So you can't eat. <laughs> you can't eat anything creepy. No, it's things that creep. No centipedes. Right. No I wouldn't insects. eat. A, I wouldn't eat a centipede. Probably or no snake. You're hungry enough, you would. I want the direct. Oh, sure. Yeah, because it's spelled so out. I, apparently, in Leviticus. I mean, it's almost like that famous Pulp Fiction art, um, argument where they're like, "So you won't eat the flesh of a pig because it's filthy." But, you know, dogs are filthy. But, well, I can't remember the argument, to be honest. But I don't remember any filthy. talk about. There's, uh, yeah, it was Jackson. with John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. We're having a whole discussion about like what, And Travolta's talking about, debate. you know, he eats pig, eats pork because it tastes good. Yeah. but um, and, he, and, owls, and he's right because pork does taste good. Yeah. And if you have refrigeration, it's very safe. And you won't die. So maybe that's it. Tradition is poison if every generation doesn't reevaluate the tradition. I mean, some traditions started at the time. It did make sense, like not eating pork. But if you just like for thousands of years, people just say, this is the tradition. And I guess I'm going to keep following it. So, so here's from Leviticus. That can be you can eat something that has a hoof or is cloven-footed. Choose the cud. Um, whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and choose the cud, you may eat. But among those that chew the cud or part the hoof, you shall not eat these. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, it is unclean to you. And the rock badger, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. So, what? no, I hope you're not, you haven't been eating rock badgers recently. That so, it's okay to eat camel, you said? Or it's not okay? No, camel's not okay either. Um, the pig, because it parts the hoof and is cloven footed but does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. So, there's some what interesting. About the cow? They eat meat beef. I think it's it's but it doesn't have a cloven hoof. Oh, they don't? No. No. Maybe they do. I don't know. I haven't looked at a What about a horse? Why can't cows? you eat a horse then? You said you can't eat a horse. Cuz I don't think it chews the cud. But it doesn't it have doesn't a cloven hoof. It doesn't chew the cud. Yeah, I think it's oh. like if it chews the cud and doesn't have a cloven hoof, you can eat it. But if it chews the cud and has a cloven hoof, you can't eat it, which is the camel. And the rock badger. And all I know is that I haven't given enough attention to the rock badger in my life. Is that a rock badger? Song? No, the rock badger is a <laughs> rock badger. The rock badger is all <laughs> is more commonly known as the rock hyrax, and it looks like kind of a fat fucking squirrel without a tail. <laughs> I'm not well, sure why they picked this dumb animal. Because <laughs> maybe yeah. they're like out in the, amongst the boulders and the rocks, and somebody was really hungry. Yeah. And somebody yeah, saw a guy eating a rock badger, and he goes, "No, this no, is against no. the laws." Google like, have you guys ever? Do um, you guys know about a... the traditions of Hasidic Jews? Like in New York City, there's whole areas of Hasidic Jews, and they have their traditions where they can't turn on the light switch on Saturday on the Sabbath. They well, pay if kids if it's working. I know and that's yeah. a ridiculous, stupid tradition to follow. It's like. <laughs> That, this is ridiculous. We're not working by flicking a light switch just because we want to be in the light. I know in the old days you had to build a fire. That's well, it's got to do with like uh, not exerting yourself because it's, you're giving your um, time to God during the Sabbath. I know, but a light switch now, we have light switches. that so You're not exerting shit by going bleak, turning on a light switch. You're well, if they're exerting... making that noise when they're turning on a light switch, there's definitely something wrong with them anyway. Well, they're allowed to talk. They're either going bleak, bleak, bleak. They do that all they what? want. Talmudic law says you can make all the robot noises you want. You can go, <laughs> 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 That's because it was written by robot rabbis. 
pardon my ignorance, but what if they can't turn on a light switch, what can they do? What do they do on this day that is so restrictive? They They do a lot of walking. Walking? They do do a lot of walking on that day. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they walk to they walk the temple and they walk home. They uh, they can eat. But that's, uh, I don't know if they can make the food. They can eat what they already have or something. But then they would like, they wouldn't mind if Gentiles, uh, this is a thing, Brendan. My dad grew up in the 40s and 30s and 40s in New York City. And yeah. the Hasidics would hire all the kids in the neighborhood. Like they give them a nickel, like, come on in and turn our oven on and then turn our light switch on for us. Here's a nickel. So they didn't care if that Gentile damned his soul. Like Shifty bastards, basically. Well, of course. Yeah, they don't care same. if the, they don't care if the Goyim go to, well, I mean, to, to Sheol. Sheol. Uh, you know, they don't care about that well, because they're well, not the chosen people. The Jews are the you, chosen people. You know, I, 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 I get it, but but can they get busy? Like, you can walk around and then you come home and then just get busy on it? I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I never read up on all that stuff when I was getting My mother's calling. I could ask her. Let's ask her. <laughs> I want to know. Let's put her on. Her on I don't know She's that I could guest. get her on the air. She'll be oh, the guest. Your mom's great. I would love her to be a guest. I just show. want to know if it's okay for Jews to get it get it on, like do the nasty on Sabbath. If Is that, that okay? I think so. It's I not don't, work. Well, I, I guess labor. it just depends upon if it's considered a sacrifice to God or not. I know. I mean, it's well, kind of work, couple- Greg. I mean, yeah, sometimes it is. You're right. I'm, I'm saying as you get older, it gets to be kind yeah. of work. Especially Although in Genesis, it says every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood, which means you can't eat like the uh, the child of an animal with it. So you're not allowed to do that. And uh, for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. For every beast, I will require it. And for man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning. For the I don't know what the hell this means. Anyway. Um, well, I, I'm not really getting. I'm, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I'm not going to like dissect yeah, these things. Should. I just wanted something literal, life. like you cannot eat ostriches. That's really the you main thing I was looking for. Well, you never found it, did you? Because you made that. You didn't find it. find it. But but well, but you we can't eat herons and owls and vultures apparently. But that's not from there either. Somebody else said that. Well, vultures make sense. They're filthy, carrion eating creatures. They're like rats. That's like yeah. eating a rat. Yeah. I'm yeah, put, can you eat ostriches in the Bible? I bet ostriches is great, and there's no reason not to eat an ostrich now. So we should reevaluate these stupid old traditions that were smart at the time. But uh, just for example, the fact that like marriage is forever. All right, I, I know I wasn't divorce. wrong. As stated, according to Jewish law, the ostrich cannot be eaten, and thus it must be assumed that the ostrich was bred in Jewish households, mainly to prepare tools and decorations from its eggs and feathers, and perhaps as pets. As known from later it's sources. Yes. Now, is this just one? Wait a minute! Ancient that? Jews, ancient Jews had ostriches, pets, but they can't flip a light switch. I don't know. This, this, <laughs> not really. Hey, an ostrich seems like a real high maintenance pet. Yeah, that's work. What if it poops on your carpet? You're not allowed to clean it up because that's work. Well, yeah, especially if you've got it like flying around in your house. Yeah, so on Sabbath, your ostrich poops all over your living room. You can't clean it up. You got to hire a Gentile for a nickel. <laughs> you, a no, hire a Gentile I mean, for a nickel? Yeah. yeah. Why, Why for a nickel, nickel Greg? Maybe Why not for a dollar? There's inflation now. Yeah, you're right. Five dollars to turn on my, my light dad switch. My dad did it for a nickel. 
Here's a, here's a sentence. Here's the sentence I'm reading in an actual article I found online. Pigs and rock badgers may be unclean, but they are not sinful. Well, that's good to know that the rock badgers are not out there committing <laughs> sins. Yeah, they don't have to go to show. Right. I'm I I'm going to start a campaign about eating rock badgers. You guys know that movie All Rock Badgers Go to Heaven. Remember that one? Oh, I did see that with my kids. That was that was a uh, uh, DreamWorks, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Came out after. Go to heaven. Came out. Came out after the the guy with the magical trench coat, or whatever. yeah, I think the guy who does our intros was uh, the guy who played the part of the Rock Badger in that movie. Actually, <laughs> Colin Metzger. I thought it was Gilbert. I thought it was Gilbert Gottfried was the voice of the Rock Badger. Probably. I told you Jews not to eat me. That is my horrible Gilbert Gottfried impersonation. Anyway, so so how do we get us? We're talking about tradition is poison. So we're talking about this case where tradition is literally poison in the sense if you're eating food that is bad for you, then you could get poisoned. Well, that's like tradition is preventing you from being poisoned. Maybe that yeah. should be more but not of the anymore. Client. It's irrelevant. But not anymore. I think, I think right, well, yeah. We, we I think, but now when people food. eat chicken that's not fully cooked, and that's like poison. So, Well, that's an accident. You don't want to eat chicken that's not fully cooked. No, you, you don't, don't want to. seek that out. Most people What about don't. steak tartare, though? I never understood steak tartare. I never had it. It seems dangerous. I, I've had it. It's fantastic. But isn't it dangerous, though? You're eating raw meat. It's like... You ever eat oysters? Yeah, but fish is different. But you're eating but oysters raw... aren't a fish. Well, I wasn't even going to get into that. But I, 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 lo I love oysters. And one of the things that really freaked my wife out about it, because, of course, you know, eating raw oysters is dangerous and all that. Yeah. So I'll go down to the seafood place and I'll get oysters. And, you know, every, I haven't done it in a while. I need to do that again, maybe this weekend. I'll get the oyster. And I'm telling her, I'm like, she's like, well, how do you know? And I said, well, if the, if the thing is open then you don't eat it, you know? Oh, yeah. If, if, it's, if it's closed, then the thing is still alive. And so you have to kind of, like, shuck it. So you have to, like, pry it open. And the reason you have to pry it open is because it's holding on because it's still alive. So then when you pop it open, you're eating it. And then she's like, so it's alive when you're eating it? And I'm like, yeah. That's how Brendan likes to eat most of his food. That's kind of weird. If if I could, but I'm just saying, if it's you could, not, hold that calf down. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just gonna bite its neck. It's, I need to gnaw on its, it's leg not, for a while. If, if you're into, if you're into the, if you're into the raw oysters, it's not even that. It's just raw, like a piece of tuna on a, 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 a you know, piece of sushi. That fish is not. It's long since dead. When you throw an oyster back, you're eating a live thing. The thing I've never fresh. understood about eating oysters, which is how I was taught to eat them, which is that if they're fresh oysters, you don't even chew them, you just swallow them. I know. And I'm like, I don't even yes. understand the point of that. It's kind of like, yeah. why don't you just like hock a loogie back in your throat, and it's pretty much the same thing. Well, why don't you just be like one of those gooses that becomes full gras, and they just show a funnel down your throat? It's like, what's the point of eating something if you're not actually chewing it? Yeah, I don't get that either. I never, that never made that. I mean, I like oyster subs, like fried oysters. Those are really good to me. See, but do you chew ice cream? You can Ew. suck on ice cream. Do you suck on oysters? Yes. 
That's you suck on oysters. So you are an, not only an oyster shucker, but you're an oyster sucker. And a I'm swallower. a shucker sucker and a swallower. <laughs> I shuck, I, I shuck. No, I shuck, I suck, I swallow. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that. There's the t-shirt. That's the next t-shirt. We've I been shuck, looking for, for I slogans. Suck, I swallow. I have one of my sons trying to put together categories for videos to create from the podcast. And uh, I wanted him to look for t-shirt slogans. So we'll yeah, see if he gets I anything think, done. I think there could be. I think one of those things, because, of course, it costs nothing to have a million t-shirt options. <laughs> I think we should just have an ungodly amount of t-shirt options. And if we just had because, somebody who was willing to actually pay attention to the store, unlike me, who just yeah. neglects it um, horribly. Because everybody, if you didn't know this, we do have a merchandise store that you can find on our website, which is at www.qsblaw.org. There's our plug for the website for today. There is a store there. There is some merchandise you can buy. Right now we've got t-shirts which just have our faces on them. So you can, you need to get all three t-shirts. Nobody wants that. Do, do, do we have our merchandise store listed below us here on YouTube? No, we don't have anything listed below us on YouTube because I don't know how to do that. Because people should... I don't know how to do like and subscribe. Yeah, I don't know how to do ring the bell, people. Subscribe. Please get notifications of new episodes. Like everybody doesn't know this already who's on YouTube. Why do we have to repeat that? I don't know this stuff. I just want to get back to the birds you can't eat in the Bible. (laughs) Again, I can't find ostriches. So this is my my last attempt at proving myself right, and I will lose this attempt. So this is a list of names that have been translated, Hebrew names. So we have the cormorant, the eagle, the gull, the hawk, the heron, the hoopoe, and I don't know what that is, the red and black kite, the osprey, the owl, all horned, screech, little white and desert owls are unacceptable. Raven, stork, raven, stork, vulture, and black vulture. Uh, Bats are also mentioned, though biologically these are mammals rather than birds. So um, there you go. 